Well, good morning. God bless you all today. As Brother Dan said, it is good to be in God's house. There's a lot of places we could be, but there's no place I'd rather be. Amen. I'm going to get my water going here just in case I need it this morning. And uh, are we supposed to dismiss the kids or anything? Or They can go to Children's Church. Okay. As a father of four, I'm always uh, making sure because my kids are asking where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing. Of course, my first drink of water, I spill it down my shirt. So praise God. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> going to be a good day. Uh, we've enjoyed uh, getting to know your pastors, uh, Sid and Heather. And uh, it's amazing what a small world it is. We just moved here from Oklahoma a couple of months ago. I've been pastoring a church there uh, near Tulsa for the last eight years. And uh, God opened up a new opportunity for us to serve in the Assemblies of God North Texas District Office down in uh, Waxahachie, or really it's Maypearl, uh, where we are out there. And uh, so uh, we just uh, moved here, uh, Mother's Day weekend actually. I came in January, commuted back and forth for the first five months until school ended and we sold our house and those things. And uh, so now we're here in North Texas and uh, it's good to, good to be in Texas. I have my family with me today. Of course, my wife just took my kids some, but I got a picture of them, I think. Uh, that you can see them all just in case you missed them. And uh, that's uh, my wife of 20 years this year. Uh, praise God for that. We got married when we were young, and uh, we still feel young most days. So I thank God for that. We got four beautiful children, 15, 8, 6, and a little blonde three-year-old that keeps us uh, young, uh, keeps us on our toes. They will do that, won't they, parents? Uh, I, uh, I joke that we're training one to drive and one to potty train uh, at the same time. Whoever would have thought that would uh, be, you know, on our to-do list as, as parents at the same time. I'll have one graduating high school and one graduating kindergarten at the same time. Uh, praise God for that. Uh, that'll be interesting um, how that'll all work out. But it's good to be in North Texas. It's good to be uh, with you today. This is a new season for us. We, um, as I said, have been pastoring for eight years at church. Uh, in that area, New Life Assembly of God. Before that, for two and a half years, I was an associate pastor at an Assembly of God Church in Tulsa. And for two and a half years before that, I did you know, ministry. So it's been a long time since I've been a guest speaker. You know, I've been the pastor that's had to do, you know, uh, uh, do everything, make sure everything's going. And so it's kind of weird to just show up to church and just come up and, and preach. And uh, so I told Pastor Sid that I wouldn't mess up things too bad for him while, while he was gone uh, these couple of weeks. But we've been praying for them. He texted us an update last night and uh, just praying for all the final steps in their process of adoption to bring their little girl home and uh, just continue to pray for them as I know you are as a church family. I want to share today uh, in just my story. As you saw on the slide, this is what my story is today because I want it to be an encouragement to you today. My story, my testimony uh, has brought hope and healing to many people. I believe it can today for somebody. And I believe this. I believe we all have a story. I believe we all have this life story, this journey uh, that, that we're on, and I, and I believe that God has a desire to use all of our stories to bring glory and honor to him. God has a purpose in everything. God has a plan in everything, and God wants to use every one of us to draw more people into his story, right, because he has a story that he's writing and still unfolding as we live this out, and I believe this today, that God is a master storyteller, and he wants to create a story with your life. God has a way of creating our stories that we could not write ourselves, and God proves this over and over again in my life and in people's lives all the time that I see, wow, I never would have wrote it that way. 
I never would have thought God could have done it that way. But how many of God's ways are higher than our ways? God's plans are more finite than our plans. God's details are much more clear than our details. And God has a way and a story for all of our lives. And so I want to just talk about our story today. And if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn to Psalm 139. It's a familiar portion of Scripture, and it'll be on the screen there for you if you uh, need it as well. But the first thing I want to talk about today is that God is the author of our story that God is the author of all of our stories. And, and what I have found this is every one of our stories are different, but they all have the same goal, to bring glory and honor to God. And so Psalm 139, verse 13 is where I'm going to read, uh, starting here today through verse 18. If you're there in your Bible, say amen. If you're going to read it on the screen, say amen. <laughs> it's on the screen too. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And listen to this, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Listen to this, verse 14. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. So those of you who think your spouse is a little complex, God made him that way. Now you have an excuse. Scripture says it. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Don't nudge your neighbor. It says, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was ever born. Listen to this. Every day of my life, was recorded in your book. Every moment, everybody say every moment, was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me. They cannot be numbered. Verse 18, I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I woke up, wake up, you are still with me. So let me jump into my story this morning. When I was three years old, my mom and dad divorced. I was an only child by my mom and dad, and my dad was in the union, uh, a welder at that time in California is where we lived, and they went on strike. And my dad was a hard and fast union, and he wasn't going to go to work until the union got some work again, got, and got a contract. And so we got so uh, down and out poor, really, that we were living in a, in a campground, a public campground next to an orchard. And so at night, my mom would sneak over to the orchard and steal grapes from the orchard to feed me. And that's how I, I, I was living. We, we were living off of grapes stolen from an orchard in a camp, uh, in a tent in a campground. And that was, that was a little bit of my childhood. And my mom said, I had enough of this, and she couldn't deal with it anymore. And so she said, you're not going to go to work and help provide for your family. We're going to leave. And so we moved to Oklahoma, my mom and I. That's where my mom was from, and that's how we ended up in Oklahoma. And so that began this journey of my story growing up where I didn't have a relationship with a father. My father wasn't in my life. He he didn't follow us there. He didn't come find us. He didn't pay child support. He didn't, he didn't do any of those things. And my mom, she's an incredible mother. And she worked hard to provide for her son. I was an only son. And so she tried to spoil me. She tried to do her best to make sure I had the latest and greatest Nikes and video game systems and, you know, all those things you got to have. And so my mom, she worked as a secretary all during the day. She'd get off of that job and she'd immediately go and she was a bartender at night until 2 a.m. I can remember as young as six, seven, eight years old, my kids' ages, coming home from school, doing my homework, making myself dinner, putting myself to bed, because my mom was working around the clock, all to provide everything that I needed. One of the things my mom also knew is she needed, that I needed a father figure in my life, and she knew she couldn't raise a young man by herself, and so she made some choices that, in her mind, I knew she thought she was trying to help with that, and what that resulted in is my mom being married and divorced six times while I was growing up. That was my childhood. It felt like I had a different stepdad every week, although it was a little more spread out than that. But it just felt like that. And what that brought into our house was none of those men were there for me. They weren't there because they knew I needed a stepdad. They, didn't, they weren't there for that. They were there for my mom. And I was just in the way. 
And so none of those relationships really brought any health to our home. There was conflict all the time, and it brought different uh, things, different worldly things, different sins into our house. And we, we didn't go to church. We didn't know about God. We, we had no heritage of this. Our family wasn't a church family. I, would ever, I had a drug problem, meaning every now and then my neighbor would drug, drag me to church, uh, you know, and that was just to give my mom a break because <laughs> she was probably about to kill me if uh, I didn't get out of the house for a little bit. And so my neighbors would take me to church sometimes, and so I had a little bit of that, but I didn't really have a knowledge of God. I had no knowledge of God and a heavenly father and forgiveness and salvation and sin. And I really didn't know any of those things. And so at 18 years old, I made it through high school. I graduated high school. I worked hard through school, made good grades. And I got my first job as I was going off to college and it was at a bank. And I showed up for my training class. And in my training class, there was 12 women and me. Uh, in this class. 18-year-old kid, I, I liked my chances. I mean, this was a good place to meet some people and, uh, you know, I had this new future before me. But there was this one empty seat next to me in my training class. And so the facilitator began training and she's talking and doing all the introduction stuff. And next thing you know, there's this kind of rambunctious noise, this person coming in late, talking, and the doors making all this noise, keys jingling. You know how many of those people that make an entrance, right? Uh, and, and so in comes this beautiful, dark-haired, Hispanic young lady. And I was like, wow, there's a seat right next to me. And uh, she came in, and now that is my wife today uh, who just stepped out with our children. But that's how we met 21 years ago. That's where we met, and uh, God brought her into my life. She was a good AG church girl. And uh, she attended Assembly of God Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you got to love this story. When I went to her house to meet her parents for the first time, dad's in the room. This is good dad advice for you today. Uh, before I ever got into the door, I shook her dad's hand. She went through the door, and her dad kind of stopped me at the door. And he said these words to me. And I believe this, the one word from God can change your life. And he said these words to me. He said, it'd be real good if you'd come to church with us this Sunday. And it wasn't one of those, like, if it fits your schedule or if you want to or if you feel like it. It was more like, boy, if you ever want to see my daughter again, you will come to church with us Sunday. I think it was the Holy Spirit leading and guiding him because he knew I probably wasn't the best kid to be dating his daughter at that time. And uh, so, obviously, she was worth it. I liked her, and I went to church that Sunday. And it was just a few weeks into that that I first gave my life to the Lord at Assembly God Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I still remember to this day, I'm still in awe of that feeling when you're forgiven. That feeling of those weights of sin being lifted off of your shoulders and those burdens that you've carried around for years. But how many know when you give your life to the Lord, not everything just becomes rainbows and sunshine and, you know, right? There's still junk you got to deal with, right? There's still messes that, that you've got to deal with. And, and so six months later, my, my girlfriend, Haley, and I, we got engaged, and uh, we were attending church. And here's where it gets good. My, my mom felt like that I was 18, that, I, you know, I was old enough to make a decision about my father at that time. She hadn't kept him from me, but he hadn't made an effort either. And so she said, you're getting married. And she went and found my dad. She said, if anything, your dad needs to be at your wedding. He needs to know where you are and what's going on in your life. I said, okay, you know, whatever you want to do. And so she went and found my dad. He was not married. He was living in the same, found my doing the exact same thing. Uh, not much had changed in his life in California. And, and so she found my dad and, you know, she said, you can decide if you want a relationship with him or not, but he needs to be at your wedding. And, uh, and so after 15 years, I'm in this weird place where my dad is all of a sudden back in my life. This person I never knew except for a few photos. Uh, and here's what I realized. Although it's not how I thought my story would be. I'm a new believer now, right? 
And so I'm believing now that it's not how I thought my story believed, but I believe God was the author of my story. And he was writing this new beautiful part of my story that was a result of God's love for me. I had experienced this love that I had never experienced before. I had experienced this, these feelings, these emotions, these thoughts about me that I never experienced before. And here's what I want all of us to know today is that your story is the result of God's love for you that God loves us all the same. It's incredible. And God is this master storyteller, and he's created this story with our lives. And no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're going through now, no matter how good your life has been, no matter how bad your life has been to this point, nothing can separate you from the incredible, matchless, powerful love of God. Nothing can separate you from that. And God is the author of our stories. And here's what I love about God. He has this history of turning messes into masterpieces. He has this history of turning tests into testimonies, of turning something that the world, that the enemy meant for bad and making it great. God has a history of doing that over and over again. And he can take our brokenness, our poor choices, our sins, our surroundings, and he, can, he wants to redeem them and forgive them and use our story, not only for our good, but for his good because ultimately he gets all the glory for it. And so my challenge for us is, as I share this message today is to try to look at your story through a new set of lenses. I've been blessed. I'm turning 40 this year, but I've been blessed or I've never had to wear glasses. But this year I went to the doctor because I was starting to have some eye issues. And, and he said, yeah, you turn 40 this year, don't you? And I was like, well, yeah, it's coming. And uh, so he recommended some glasses part of the time. And, and I've worn them like twice. I just can't get used to it. They fall off my head. They get in the way and uh, they're just going to end up broken. But I, I think about that when I put on those glasses, that's a new set of lenses. And those of you who wear glasses, you know what I'm talking about. When you take them off, you see things differently, right? And so my challenge for all of us is today is to put on some scriptural uh, lenses today, some supernatural lenses. God says to not focus on the things that we see in the natural, but the things that he's doing in the supernatural. And too many times we're like the horses at the racetrack that wear those little blinders. You know what I'm talking about? The horses, when they're ready to race, they put these blinders on like this. And why is that? It's so all they can do is see right in front of them what's going on. And I think we're sometimes like that as people, as Christians, is we get these blinders on and all we want to do is look at our circumstances and our surroundings and our issues and what we're struggling with. And we can't see things for what God is seeing. We can't see things for, look at things through a God set of lenses. Look at things through God's eyes and recognize that God has a bigger plan and a clearer picture for your story than we could ever comprehend or understand or write ourselves. I'm convinced of this. Everything we go through, Everything that happens to us that God wants to use for a divine purpose. I'm not saying that God makes everything happen, but there are things that God allows to happen in our lives. How I many you know the word says faith without works is dead? Right? And our faith sometimes has to go through trials. Our faith has to be tested. Our faith has to be put into action, right? For it to be tested, for it to be refined. As the Bible says, the fire will test it and reveal the trueness of our faith. And so instead of feeling like a victim, how many know our culture today is like a victim mentality? Everybody wants a diagnosis. Everybody wants to be a victim. Everybody wants to be in a class. Everybody wants to, you know, have this mark about them. And so we have to know that we aren't victims. We're victors. We are more than conquerors through Christ who gives us strength. We're not victims. We're winners. We, I've read the end of the book, and it all turns out okay. So we have to understand that today, that no matter who is against you or what is against you, that you can't catch a break. You have to look to God and trust in his plans and purposes Amen. that he has ordained for your story. No matter where you are on this journey of life, God is not done yet. God has a story planned for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. 
I love this scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Listen to what it says. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and to give you hope. How many of you believe this promise from Scripture today? I think there are a lot of promises in Scripture that we say we believe, but we have trouble living out the belief function of that, right? We say we believe these things, but then in the natural, we go through a difficult time, and you're like, man, I can't see what tomorrow holds, and this is awful, and this is terrible, and all these things, where the Word says God knows the plans He has for us, and they're good plans. They're promises that He gives us to give us hope, and God has those plans for us, but how many know sometimes we can get in the way of those plans? Anyone ever gotten in the way of God's plans? <laughs> I could raise both hands, both feet, and, you know, uh, I've gotten in the way many times of God's plans. And sometimes it's us getting in the way because of our choices that leads to some consequences that we have to deal with, and it's those choices that causes our story to get interrupted. And so here I am. My dad is back in my life. He attends my wedding. I got a picture. Uh, I was half the man I used to be uh, 20 years ago there uh, with my dad and I. But where do we go from here? Right? This is new territory. I've not had a dad in my life. I've had these men in my life, but they weren't dads. And so my dad's here. I'm a new believer. But how many know I still had that stuff? I had that junk, right? And I had that hurt and that disappointment from my past. And all of a sudden, I have to address and deal with it because it wasn't there. I didn't have to, you know, I just kind of tucked it away before. But now he's back in my life, and I'm a protector, so I had to protect myself. I had to protect my mama, right? And now I've got a new wife I have to protect. And so I go into this protection mode of trying to process all of this, uh, 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 this confusion is really what it was. And I realized that God wasn't the author of confusion. He wasn't the author of that. And I had to work through those things. And so I'm so proud to tell you today that my dad and I have an incredible relationship. Uh, He's an awesome dad. We picked up like we didn't miss a day. Uh, he's there for me when I, when I need him. We talk all the time. He's supportive. He's proud of me. He loves me. He loves my wife. He loves his grandkids. He's so genuine. He's caring. And one of the things, parents, you know this, I've learned where I have several of my characteristics and traits from. They're from my dad. How many of those parents, when you see your kids do some of those things, and you're like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I can see where I got some of those things. One of the fun ones is I kind of hum and sing all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm, you know, anybody do that? You're just always singing and humming a tune. You know, my dad always does that. And now I know uh, where I got that from, I guess. But I love my dad, and I thank God every day for bringing him back into my life. But here's the key, though. If, if, if you don't get anything else out of today, I really want you to understand this. The only way that my dad and I could have the relationship we have today is because of one vital detail. And the detail is this. If you get this, I promise you it will relieve so much stress and burden from your life, the anger and disappointment that you deal with, and it's this. I chose to forgive him. I chose to forgive him. No conditions, no negotiation, no waiting for him to apologize for not being there as a kid. I chose to forgive him and to look ahead and not behind. How many of you know I could have really held my dad to it? I needed a new car, you know, I just got married, I could use a new house, Dad. I'm really going to make you pay. For 15 years, you didn't pay for anything in my life. You missed every ball game, every school function, every everything. I'm going to make you pay. How many of you know I could have done that in the natural, right? And a lot of people would have said, yeah, and you deserved it, but I didn't. No negotiation, no limits on it, on the forgiveness. I chose to forgive him. And here's where I get this from, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. How I many you know sometimes there are scriptures that you read and you just go, ouch. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those for me. Get rid of. Everybody say, get rid of. Get rid of. 
all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, and all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Listen to this. Just as God through Christ forgave you. Incredible. Ouch. You know, I find it incredible that as believers, we believe in this story, right? The word of God that says we're all sinners in need of a savior. And all we have to do is admit that we have sin. We have to believe the story that Jesus Christ died on a cross for us, was placed in the tomb and resurrected three days later, that he's alive today. And all we have to do is call on his name and confess our sins to him. And they made him the Lord and savior of our life. And the Bible says when we do that, we're a new creation, that we're forgiven. And for those of you that have experienced that forgiveness, as I mentioned in my, in my testimony, I still remember the day of that feeling being lifted from my life. And so it's incredible that we believe, right, in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty simple to get forgiveness, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, he doesn't make it hard for us to achieve that or receive that gift. So why is it as Christians, if we believe it's that to accept our own forgiveness, why do we have so much trouble extending the same measure to other people who have hurt us? Should have worn your steel-toed boots today, right? (laughs) We can't allow our story to be interrupted by our own ways. The story with my dad could have really got interrupted if my pride, my hurt, my bitterness, my anger, my resentment, my hurt, if I would have gotten in the way of that, that story wouldn't have been written the way I told you today. But I didn't get in the way of what God was trying to do. So God can change how our story ends. You know, the statistics are unbelievable. More than 20 million children live in a home without the physical presence of a father. 63% of youth suicides are fatherless homes. 90% of homeless and runaway children are fatherless homes. 85% of children with behavior disorders, fatherless homes. 71% of dropouts, high school dropouts, fatherless homes. 70% of youth in state institutions, fatherless homes. 39% of inmates are from mother-only homes. Listen to this. 72% of the U.S. population feel that fatherlessness is the most significant family or social problem facing America today. 21% of children will grow up in a single-parent home. And one government organization said this, if it were classified as a disease, fatherlessness would be an epidemic worthy of a national emergency. You know, I read those statistics. I speak to men's groups. I, I share my story. And, you know, I have every reason. I have every excuse to make decisions in my life that are not honoring to God. All I have to do is blame it on my childhood. I didn't have a father. People do it all the time. They blame it on their childhood. They blame it on their upbringing. They blame it on their family or lack thereof. And I had every excuse to go down a path and to blame it on that lack of father growing up in my life. But here's what I did. I chose to refuse to be a statistic. I refused to let the statistics dictate who I am. And I chose to break the generational mantle that was passed down to me. You see, we have choices in this of the path that we can take. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone belongs to Christ, he is a new creation. That the old life is gone and a new life has begun. So when you become a new creation, that old life is gone. That old upbringing, that old challenge, that old sin, that old relationship, whatever that old thing is, it's gone because a new life has begun. And the person you were in the past does not have to dictate your future story. My past doesn't dictate who I am today. Thank the Lord for that. 
Because of my relationship with Christ, my past is past. Some of you just need to, you need to say that with me. My past is past. Sometimes we drag it around like an old ball and chain, don't we? We want to be defined by it, and people know us by it, and that's just the way it is, and that's always going to affect who I am today. But the Bible, it says when we're a new creation, that chain is broken. That burden is not there anymore. Our past is past. It's gone. It's gone because we have a new life in Christ. And so somebody here today just needs to let it go. Just got to let some things go. I won't sing the Frozen song for you today because that would be awful. But some of you need to let your past be past. Yeah, she'll sing it. She's a little Elsa over there. We're a new creation, and we have to make a choice to live out the life that God has for us now. Because God's got a future. Remember, he's got plans that were written before we were ever born. He knows the steps he's already ordained before we ever were created. So think about that today. We don't have to be a statistic. You don't have to be like your father. You don't have to be defined by your past. If you're in Christ, all things are new. I stand here before you today as a living and breathing testimony of what only God can do. I came from brokenness. I should be one of those statistics, but I'm not. Only God can turn my life around. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. And he can do it for people you love and people you work with and people you go to school with and people that are your neighbors. He can do it for you and for them. Only God can turn it around. Only God can use me now to preach the gospel. Listen, there is no reason I should be up here trying to preach the gospel. Only God can do that. Only God can help me be a godly husband for 20 years now. I joke with my mom that my marriage lasted longer than all of hers put together. I'm glad she takes it as a joke, I think. Only God can help me be a godly father to four amazing children when I was an only child that had no example of what being a, having a godly parent was. Only God can do that. Only God. Say that with me this morning. Only God. And I'm just believing that some of you are going to have some only God moments in your life because there are certain things, I'll be honest with you, there are certain things that have happened in my life that how many of you know it was God, but I could have taken credit for it. Anybody ever trying to take credit for what God's doing, right? And, and I'm just believing this, that there are things that have happened in my life, and there will be things that happen in your life that you can't take any credit for it at all, that all you can do is say, only God. Only God did that. Only God made that way where there was no way. Only God healed that situation that was beyond repair. Only God brought this thing back into order that was completely chaotic and out of order. Only God can do that. Listen, God can and will change how your story ends. He will, and he's able to. Not only do I have a great relationship with my, with my dad today, but you remember what Paul Harvey used to say? And now for the rest of the story. After I got married, I moved out. I was an only child, as I said, so my mom was on her own. My dad and I now had a relationship again. He was back in California. I was in Oklahoma, and uh, we're trying to figure all that out. But my amazing mom started communicating with my dad as well. And after three years of my father and I being reunited and I being married, my mom and dad also got back together. And they've now been happily remarried for 15 years. Come on, guys. Only God. Only God can do that. 15 years apart. All the hurt, all the pain, all the disappointment, all the frustration. Only God can redeem and restore and reconcile my family back together. 
And now God is using my story and our story to help and encourage marriages and families today. That's my mom and dad you see there. Uh, my mom jokes that she's making my dad pay now for all those years. You know, uh, she has it pretty good. They're, they're right now, they both just retired and they're traveling. They got an RV and they're literally traveling in the United States. Uh, they just left Montana to South Dakota. They're working their way down to Texas. And I told them to take their time because it's hotter than crazy here right now uh, to enjoy that cool weather up north. But that's, uh, that, that's my story with my parents. They're back together. There's a, another picture here I'll show you. Here we are at the most expensive place. I mean, sorry, the most happiest place on earth uh, at Disneyland. Uh, all of us together in our Mickey Mouse paraphernalia. And uh, only God, only God can do that. There are things that you may have given up on a long time ago. A word from God, a promise from God, a hope, a dream, a vision. Only God. Don't give up. Amen. Only God can reconcile, restore, redeem your past, make all things new, write and change the end of your story. And here's how I want to close today before we pray. When God does these incredible things in your life, we have to tell God's story. Amen. We have to tell God's story. When God gives you this fresh start, this new beginning, this, this incredible blessing and breakthrough in your life, we're responsible to tell other people about it and then invite them to start their story and to share others with Christ. Not only, listen, there are incredible benefits that come from being a new creation, aren't there? I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible that our sins are forgiven, right? That we don't have to pay a penance. We don't have to make a sacrifice. We don't have to do any of those things. Our sins are just forgiven. And then we're promised of this you know, the, these promises going forward that we can pray to God and he hears our prayers and answers them. We have these promises of healing and hope and redemption. We have all these promises and blessings when we become a new creation. We have this promise of heaven that when we die, there's been a place, a mansion, come on somebody, prepared for us. And in heaven, there's no, there's no sickness. There's no more pain. There's no more drama on Facebook. There's no more any of those things that we got to deal with when we make it to heaven. The streets are literally paved with gold. There's no more lack. There's no more need. No more frustration. So we have all these promises, right, that come with being a new creation. But listen, I'm a believer in this. There also comes an incredible responsibility. It's just not all about the benefits and blessings. It's about the great commission. That if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old life is gone and all things are new. And all of a sudden, we all become ministers of this gospel. And every single one of us are called to be a minister of this gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And many of you will never stand behind a pulpit and preach three points in a sermon and pray a prayer with people at an altar. But every one of us are given a platform. Every one of us are given a circle of influence. Every one of us are given a voice and a testimony to share with others. And we've got to tell God's story. It's an incredible responsibility we have. Every one of us have the call on our lives, the mantle. And listen, many of us forfeit ourselves or default ourselves that we're not able to do that. And because you don't have Bible school or you don't know the Bible or you don't know all the stories or because of whatever excuse you want to bring up. But can I encourage you today? Every one of us have a testimony. Amen. And for the longest time, I didn't think my testimony was that good. I didn't think it was that powerful. I share it today and it is powerful. It's incredible. But listen, every one of us have our own testimony. How many of you would, by raising your hand, say, God's done something for you in your life today? 
That's your testimony. Share what God has done because I promise you this. As I said, everything we go through has a purpose, right? And I'm learning today that there are things I've went through and things I've gone through that in that moment I had no idea why I was going through them. But now all of a sudden God put somebody in my life and they're going through the exact same thing that God already brought me through. And God put me there for a divine appointment so I can share with them how God got me through it. And it becomes an encouragement and a blessing to them. You know how God does that? So God will align you with people who need your story, who need your testimony, who need your answers, who need your wisdom and discernment and direction and prayers and your joy. God will surround you with people. He'll bring them into your life. If you're obedient to that, if you're open to that, if you wake up in the morning and say, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm a willing and obedient servant today. Lead and guide and direct my steps. And what will you have me to do? And God will do that. He'll bring people into your life to share your story with. Don't wait for an invite to go. I think it's awesome what you're doing serving this Saturday. We're As a church, we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus and go into all the places and serve. Be tangible blessings to people. But don't wait for an invite. Don't wait. Everywhere you go, everything you do, be open and willing to the Holy Spirit to impress on you somebody that you need to minister to. It happens all the time. I was in a restaurant one day eating. And we kind of became friends. I love Mexican food. It's a weakness. Jesus helped me. I have a feeling that chips and salsa are going to be part of heaven. So it is what it is. But we're eating restaurant, this food one day. We had kind of become to know the owners. And he found out I was a pastor. And we were leaving one day. And Dave stopped me and he said, hey, this table over here is a police officer who's uh, just got shot in the line of duty. And he's off of work right now. And, and, and I remembered it from the news. I remembered the whole story. And so here I am in a restaurant, asked by the owner of a restaurant to play, pray for a police officer, minister to his family. You just never know when God's going to call on you. One day we went shopping, my wife and I. She loves to shop. I'm not a good shopper. I'm a quick shopper. And all of a sudden, I, I was blessed. She let me go to a golf store with her. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We walked into a golf store, and I'm walking around. I'm like in the zone, right? I'm kidding a candy store. I'm walking around, and I'm like saying, oh, my wife's nowhere to be seen. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, well, she already gave up on this, right? She, uh, you know, she's fed up with my golf shopping already. And I head back to the front door, and I see her. And she's praying with a lady out in front of the store who was in a wheelchair. They were in town to get some cancer uh, treatment done at a specialty hospital there. And my wife just felt a nudge, that, that, that nudge of the Holy Spirit that we all have if we're obedient to it. And she's praying and ministering to this lady outside. You just never know when God's going to use you. It doesn't have to be Sunday morning from 930 to noon or life groups or whatever it is that you meet together. God wants to use you as a beacon of hope and a bright and shining light in your worlds, in your circle of influence, but you've got to tell God's story. So I want to pray for us this morning, uh, but before we go, I know I'm holding up sloppy Joes and I don't want to be that guy, right? Uh, you, You can come. Praise God for this awesome fundraiser you guys are doing. What a beautiful uh, job that's been done on renovating uh, God's house here. And I know there's much more to come. I'm so excited for the future of this church. But I just want to pray this morning because I'll tell you, as I said, when I became a new creation, not everything became perfect. I didn't have everything figured out all of a sudden. And can I tell you, 20 years later, I don't have everything figured out now. This journey that we're on of faith, can I tell you, it's not a destination that you arrive to. It's a journey that we never get off of. And this journey of faith that we're on, we don't just arrive one day and go, okay, I got it all figured out, I'm here. If you do, that's a dangerous place to be in. 
Because no matter where you are today on this journey of life, if you're here today and you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and you're just here with more questions than answers, or if you're here today and you've served God and you were in church since the day you were born, God still wants to do something with your story. And when I became a Christian, there were some bad theologies and ideas and misconceptions that I had to work through in accepting God, not only as my Savior, because I know I, knew I needed a Savior. I was full of sin. I was messed up. I know I needed a Savior. But then all of a sudden, they said that he was a heavenly father. Wait a second. I don't have good ideas of what a father looks like. I had this concept of what my earthly father was and these stepfathers were. And so I had to be careful that I didn't let my emotions look at God the Father the same way I looked at my earthly father. You understand what I'm saying today? And every now and then our past and our junk and our sins and our choices create these ideas and theologies in us that we've got to allow God to deal with and speak to. If not, we'll hold on to those things. And what happens is we try to write our own theology and we put God in this little box. And we say, well, God is this to me, but not this to me. And God has this part of me, but not this part of me. And I love it when people have, have these things in the Bible, like they believe in the power of prayer and healing, and they'll call you, I need prayer for healing. But when it's time to give and tithe, they don't give. I shouldn't have went there. But you can't believe parts of the Bible without following all the parts of the Bible. And so we have to deal with these things. And I had to deal with that earthly concept I had of my father. But I quickly learned this. There was no comparison. There was no comparison with my biological father and my heavenly father. They weren't even on the same plateau. And not only did God give my earthly father, my, my father back in my life. You remember the father-in-law that stood at the door and told me I better go to church with him on Sunday? He's like a father to me today. I'm his only son. He has three daughters, right? And so I became like a son to him. He's like a dad to me. He's, he's incredible. So not only did I get my father, I got a father on Cal who was like a father to me. And then in our church where I got saved and called in the ministry, the pastor of that church, Pastor Don Couch, we were in a service one day and, and uh, we had a guest speaker like this and he called me up out there and he, he made me give Pastor Couch a hug. And when we hug, when we embrace something broke and I lost it and he spoke these words over us, he said, this man is becoming a spiritual father to you to fill the fatherly void you've had in your life. So I went from no fathers to my father, a father-in-law, and a spiritual father all in the same time frame. Only God can do that. That's exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. That's writing chapters to the story that we never thought we could write ourselves. Are you hearing me today? Some of you try to help God out and say, God, if you would just do this, this, and this, A, B, C, one, two, three, if you would just do that, my problems would be solved, right? Anybody ever try to help God along? But God's got steps and chapters and parts of your story that you can't even write. If you'll just surrender and stop getting in the way and interrupting his plans, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or imagine. One translation says, beyond your wildest dreams. I love that translation, that God can do beyond your wildest dreams. So if you'll bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment this morning, I just want to pray. God, you are the God of life. You are the God of hope. You are the God of restoration and redemption and reconciliation. You are the God of forgiveness. You are the God of new life. You are the God of abundant life. You are the God of radiant life. God, you are the God of all things. And God, you are the author. You're the master storyteller of every story that's represented in your house here today. And so God, I lift them up to you. I lift up every story to you today. God, I pray that something 
that you enabled me to speak this morning would resonate and get into every single heart and life here today. Something, God, take it, use it, translate it, apply it, God. Use it in every person's heart and life because, God, you have a story that you're trying to write. But, God, it all begins by accepting you as our Lord and Savior. So every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning, Maybe you've made the decision before, but you've wandered away from your faith. Or maybe you're here today trying to figure all this out. But you know you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't want you to miss this opportunity today. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised another moment. The Bible says the day and the hour is unknown. So if you're here this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out, but I want to pray with you today. I want you to experience the same thing I experienced when I made that walk down that aisle and made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning, would you just slip up your hand so I can see you this morning? I don't want you to miss this opportunity. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning before we pray? Here's the second thing I want to pray for this morning. If you're here today, maybe you are a new creation, you're a new believer, but you're dealing with stuff from your past as I've had to. If I've had to deal with that pain and hurt and disappointment, you're dealing with those things and you're having trouble making sense of it all. You're having trouble reconciling what God is trying to do and what you know God can do. And you just need some prayer today of reassurance. You just need some confirmation today that God is for you and not against you, that God is working out the detail, details, that God sees where you are. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand so I can pray with you this morning? Anybody here at all? Thank you. Several hands going up this morning. You just need some direction. You need some clarity. You need some confirmation in your life. Just slip up your hand today. Hallelujah. Here's the third thing I want to pray for today before we dismiss. If you're here today and you want to say, God, I know you're not done with my story, and I want to be a part in telling your story to the whole world, and you'll just say, God, here I am. I want to be a willing and obedient vessel today to share my story, which ultimately leads to your story. Would you slip up your hand with me this morning? hands all over this room. I'm going to ask every person that raised their hand this morning to stand to your feet with me today, no matter which part it was for. Stand up today right where you are. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for all of these that are making these commitments today. God, I thank you for those that have said, Lord, I need a fresh start, a new beginning. God, I pray right now that you are the forgiver of all our sins. Matter of fact, I want everybody to just repeat this prayer after me this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you today for being our Savior. Thank you for forgiving us for my sins. And God, I ask you right now into my heart to be my Savior, to forgive me. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on a cross and rose again for me, that I could call on your name, the name that is above every name, and you will forgive me and make me a child of God. And I receive that gift today of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I pray for those that need wisdom, direction, clarity, confirmation, discernment today. God, those that are going through difficult times, dark times, frustrating times, questioning times, times of doubt, times of lack. God, I pray right now for breakthrough, God. I know that you are the God that sees it all. You're the God in every detail. And God, right now, I declare there are some only God moments happening in this place. There are some things that are moving and shaking in the background, in the foreground, and all around, God, that are gonna happen even today. 
God, that we're going to look at them and say, only God did this. Only God brought us through this. Only God made this happen. God, right now, wow us with your power and your glory and your majesty. And God, I pray for all those that said, Lord, I want to be a part of telling your story. God, I pray for confidence. I pray for courage. I pray for boldness. I pray for divine appointments and supernatural connections. God, I pray that even today at lunch, you'll surround me with people that need to hear the story that I can pray with, that I can encourage, that I can bless at work this week. No matter where I go, God, let me be a willing and obedient vessel to tell my story that points to your story. Because God, everything I do, I want to bring you honor and glory, God. And I give you praise for it today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. What an honor to be with you this week. I'm looking forward to being with you next week. Do you guys usually worship? I probably should have asked. Uh, Go for it. Let's go. It's yours. I'm done. God bless you guys.